We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode number 157, and we are joined from Dogs by Nature and SB Nation. It's Jared Mueller. He comes in to talk to us about the Browns, the offseason, the free agent signings, what we can expect from the team, and so much more. Plus, we're going to talk World Baseball Classic. We're going to talk NCAA Tournament. We're going to talk Cavaliers and everything else. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair. Crack open a cold one and join us for Garage Beers. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night. It's 9 p.m. And right here on the OBR, that could only mean one thing. It's time uh, for Garage Beers. Welcome on into episode 157 of the Garage Beers podcast, brought to you proudly here on the OBR streaming network. If you're joining us live, welcome in on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, on Twitch. Uh, for the Twitter people that are joining us live, love having you. Hopefully it caught your attention on Twitter somewhere. But if you want to join the party, jump on Twitch, jump on YouTube. That's where we can see all your comments and everything. So join the party on Twitch or YouTube. Or if you want to just sit and watch on Twitter, that's cool with us too. We appreciate your support. With you as always, I'm your host, Michael Keith. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me, my co-host from Nashville, Tennessee. Find him online at Garage Beers Joe. It's Joey Whalen. What up, Joe? Boys, I cracked open to a light beer early. Just got finished moving a mattress and that's just like down two flights of stairs and luckily like the down is better than the up with that i'm You're pretty tired like I, I got a sweat working on here i got the fan on high behind me uh so i needed to tap into like the the post-work beer before we go to the garage beer so that's where i'm at right now oh post-work you know what that's a good beer in, in the pantheon of beers yeah like the housework the housework like post mowing the lawn like that is a pinnacle beer it's up there with a shower beer, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But nothing compares to a garage beer. We'll get to those no. later. Uh, Joe, you and I are very similar right now. I'm also sweating. I don't know if you guys saw me, but before we started, I was, like, running around my basement. We're doing this massive house project in our house. And my wife was like, I need you until the very second that you cannot be doing this anymore. And I'm like, cool, because I, I like this project. I'm having a good time with it. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And it was like 8.52, and I'm like, honey, I have to go. Like, my show <laughs> starts at 9 o'clock. Like, I got to be out of here. So I run downstairs. I set all my stuff up. I'm, I'm So I'm sweating, too. So I kind of yeah. have the same kind of beard. Same you know, boat. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah. You will notice, if you're joining us live, that our third main co-host is not here. Chad Meyer is off to New York City to cover the Sweet 16 
and so he's going to be having a, gr- having a great time doing that. He's all excited about it. He's on a flight right now, I think. Uh, but we've got an awesome special guest kind of filling in for the first part of the show, at least. Uh, you know him from, if you love the Browns, you know him, dogs by nature. Uh, plus, I don't know, everything else he's ever done. He's a good friend of us here on the OBR for sure. Uh, it's Jared Mueller. Find him online at Jared K. Mueller. Jared, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Let me be the weirdo in the group that it's not drinking a beer. I'm not much of a, a drinker in general. That's not my uh, strong suit. Um, everything I drink goes with a Coca-Cola. Nice. Uh, so the options, normally I go with the Cincinnati Distilling Fire Brigade. It's kind of like a fireball, but like, you know, fancier or whatever. I uh, got it from Christmas from my uh, brother and sister-in-law, so that was cool. But instead, I put in a little Rubicon Creek. It's a Dayton area uh, uh, deal. It's Dayton Barrel Works. It's a straight bourbon. So that that and Coke goes well together for me. Uh, I'll throw peanut butter in there. I don't really freaking care. So that's what we're going with. Like like peanut butter? No, peanut butter whiskey. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I was like, are we talking The big scoop of Jeff. Listen, let me tell you my real quick why I don't drink a lot of beer. Because college, um, Flip Cup was, a, was it. And... But I needed cereal at the end of my flip cup game. So the party didn't start till Jared had a box of Captain Crunch Berries under the table. <laughs> I literally sent people out. Uh, I was that guy in college. Go, where I do it. Listen, just sip your beers because we ain't playing until I get some kind of sweet cereal up in here so I could just kind of <laughs> chew on it afterwards. I don't know how I feel about that, Jared. Like, I feel like you should have had like, I feel like you should have had under the flip cup table, you should have had like a kind of a dispenser, like a paper towel roll, just a cereal box. You could have just built one under there that could have just housed your cereal. No, listen, I wasn't balling out. I'm still not balling out. Uh, so that's just not how we roll. I needed a fresh box of cereal. People would try, like at some points, people would like have jokes and all of a sudden there'd be like 20 boxes of cereal for Jared because I um, have never been quiet. Well, sorry, after high school, I've never been quiet. So uh, everyone knew. You come into the party, Jared needs some cereal up in here. We had box parties sometimes instead of bottle parties. Well, listen, we are, we're super excited to have Jared in. There's some football to talk about. Uh, and Jared's just, I got to tell you, man, Jared's, you're one of those guys. We've met in person one time, one time, but Jared's one of those guys that I feel like I've just been buddies with for like 10 <laughs> years. I, I don't know what it is, but, it, and Joe, I think you're just meeting Jared right now, right? Yeah. Uh, hey. You'll feel the same way. By the time you get done with this, if you're joining us live, I'm sure you've seen Jared live all over the place anyways. But by the time you get done with it, you're just going to feel like your buddies with Jared. And and that's one of the best things about you. Uh, at some point, we'll get together again. Uh, hopefully not in Columbus again, though. we gotta, we got to maybe do something in Cleveland. And I'll take enough <laughs> Jared buying some desserts. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm in. Uh, join us in the comments. Again, first of all, big thanks, uh, uh, Klajara, for following the OBR. Uh, I see already some of our favorites in the comments getting going, including Paul Spencer, who's complaining again. Paul, I'm going to tell you something. Three tweets went out about this on the OBR's main page. One one happened this afternoon early. One happened at like 8 p.m. There was a one-hour warning. And then one happened at 8.55 p.m. Sir, I'm tweeting. Paul, get your beer and join us and be happy about it. Okay, Paul, Paul. Hey, Paul is is Mr. Consistent, and I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. So, Jared, you kind of kicked us off. Uh, our first segment that we do every week is our Garage Beers of the Week. Obviously, you are not drinking a beer, but we are always down. Joey is known probably once a month for doing some kind of garage beverage. 
gotcha. and not just a garage beer. So listen, a lot of our favorite guests, a lot of our favorite guests come on and have uh, Tyvis Powell always comes on and has garage tequilas. And uh, who else? They're just, well, we've got a lot of people that'll come on and just drink garage drinks, Cameron Justice, garage mules all the time. Uh, so listen, hey, we're always next, down. Next time you have Cami on, make sure in advance she gets um, her espresso martini. Ooh, just a ooh. little inside from uh, Combine Week. We'll, ooh, we that down. <laughs> we'll mail her one. Uh, so you kicked us off with some garage whiskey. Joe, what about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I swear I'm not drinking two beers at once. Like, But the actual beer I had for the show. You've got your stupid filter on. No, well, my house is a mess. We're changing things up. We're going to turn this actually into like an actual office here, which is exciting. I'm very excited. Uh, Space Lettuce, which is a beer by Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> you were there, Michael. You loved it. Super cool place. Uh, I'm not going to drink this whole thing, but I'm going to have a little sip of it. It's delicious. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to like save the notes of it. It's just like a very good IPA. It's a solid beer. Just yeah, a solid, solid. Like, like People it. want you yeah. to get rid of the filter. People want you to get rid of the filter. Get rid of the filter. I mean, you're going to see like a ladder. You're going to see a picture of a flower. Yeah, man. You're a blue collar blue guy who also enjoys a, a nice board. floral arrangement. I think my wife's wedding dress like right there. <laughs> hey, is that, is that picture like from the office, the clown that is like bolted to the wall, like can't come off? Because that's the only explanation I know for 1970s showing up saying, Hello, over your left shoulder. Yeah, yes. if you look at it long enough, you start seeing things in it. So oh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> if, you, hey, if you get enough of these in you, you'll do it anyway. You never know, yeah. <laughs> you're damn right. Uh, we got people telling us, and, and get in the comments. If you're having drinks with us tonight, tell us what you're drinking. This is not telling us what he's drinking, but uh, Param, sorry if I don't say this right, but Param Jot Sandhu, uh, blazed and buzzed. <laughs> Go right. on, man. You, whatever you got to do to hang out with us, you do it. We're okay with that. <laughs> Just don't, like, don't go anywhere tonight. Just hang out. Uh, so mine, look at Klajara, or Klajara, or whoever that is. Uh, Brew Dog, Elvis Juice, love that. Uh, great call there. Let us know what else you're drinking. I am going with one I saw in the store today. I'm going to Alaska, guys. I'm going to Alaska. Alaska. Anchorage Brewing Company. Oh. I've never fun. seen one of these in the local, uh, used to be the drive-thru, but it's now just a beer store. Uh, but this is called Vengeance. And it's... It's a cool looking cane. It's cool artwork. Oh wow! Vengeance dark. feels like some kind of like workout drink, like explode and all that. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like a a beer name, right? It's like that... a hand holding a like maybe a dead rabbit. I yeah. don't know what's. Well, going. it's like it's going. like hand from like the Adams family. Is that a kangaroo? I don't even know what this. I don't. It's no thing. Thing was the name. Thing. Sorry. Thing. Thing. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this, but this is a. Uh, <laughs> this is our. This is our family member hand. Uh, yeah, great guy. Uh, this is a double IPA. This is right up my alley. Oh, wow. Straight out of Anchorage. Look at that. Looks like orange juice. It's like a mimosa. Oh. Mm. Let's test it. What's oh, nice? It's nice. It's a nice beer. Anchorage Brewing. I don't want to say what it costs because it's enough. It costs enough for a four-pack. But it's, it's a good four-pack. So if you find it, if you see Anchorage Brewing, give it a shot because it's pretty good. Paul Spencer's having juice bomb. Uh, which I think you've had before, uh, Paul. So that's one of your one of your favorites. Uh, a nice glass of Old Forester 1910 from Ooh. Bradley Bruns. Always a good one. We're bourbon guys here. We are whiskey guys on this show. Old Forester is always a good one. Uh, Super Surge getting crunk tonight. Right. The Rock and Cranberry. 
Let's DJ, go. DJ Khaled special right there. You're gonna you're gonna have some serious some serious girthy pops with that one, Super Surge. Uh, so those are our garage beers. Uh, again, keep letting us know yours. If you're not joining us here live tonight, uh, but you're listening to the podcast or you're watching it on demand, thank you for joining. Get on the socials. Let us know if you have any beers you want us to try. Uh, we'll go get them. We'll call you out. But uh, guys, let's get in here. Episode 157 of the Garage Beers podcast. And we've got Jared for the first kind of half of our episode here. And so, Jared, it's only appropriate that we start by talking about the Cleveland Browns. Who? And the NFL. Yeah, what? Who? <laughs> so, what we want to talk about with Jared, the reason we brought him on was the Cleveland Crunch. or for, Is it the Crunch now or Force? Uh, I think Damn like it. the Force, aren't we? I lost. I lose the joke because I don't remember what the new soccer team is called. Jared's Captain Crunch Berries. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> so, guys, it's been an interesting day. Uh, but Jared, let's just kind of hear your thoughts on uh, here. We sit one week into free agency, basically yeah. for the Cleveland Browns, and so far in free agency, they've addressed a couple areas. They've addressed safety. They've added a an edge player that everybody everybody is very excited about to see what he's going to be able to do in the role that he's going to get here. You've added a big studly defensive tackle. He may not be one of the top 10 defensive tackles in football, but he's a very good defensive tackle. Uh, and then you've added, uh, where else have we added big? Well, you brought back your center that addressed that. Uh, so just kind of talk about, oh, the other area they've added is just kind of depth. They've really been kind of going after special teams um, and 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 depth kind of players. So just call, talk about your impression and where you put the Browns a week into free agency and, and really kind of how you feel like they're doing. You know, I think in general, it's so easy in free agency to think of needing some of those top players. Uh, and the Browns got a couple. I really like Juan Thornhill. I really like Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, 007 coming off the edge, especially in a wide nine system. Feel really good about that overall. But I think the most important thing actually was the depth. The Browns needed to get the floor up. Like they needed better, like not even just Jags. Like they didn't have Jags. Like I did not like Jordan Elliott. I did not like Tommy Togiai. Perrin Winfrey might have something. Taven Bryan got another $4.5 million. I don't understand except for being drafted in the first round and being a physical freak. He's not talented. And that's exactly right. I was just about to go to special teams. And then, you know, the third phase special teams is so important that you look at, um, you know, the two linebackers, the cornerback, you really have raised the floor of this team because you have to remember that no matter what fans think. And again, I don't mean that to be like rude or judgy. Everybody gets to think whatever they want on offense. The Browns believe they have elite players, Deshaun Watson, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. They have a very good player uh, in Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you have a very good offensive line. Really, you're just looking for that fifth kind of weapon. And on defense, they think Miles Garrett, Juan Thornhill, Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson, triple, double O, uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Denzel Ward, they think those guys are pretty much elite to very good, whatever terminology you want. You just can't have weak links. Right in, in a roster of 53 guys, you can't have those kind of weak links. And so for me, overall, when you look at, I believe it's where well, they're at 12, either retaining or, or signing, I think they're at 12, maybe 13, you know, the Tristan Hill um, and Maurice Hurst, those are lottery tickets for very little money. Great. Let's see what happens there. Right. Um, but again, you're not spending $5 million like they did on Andrew Billings and Taven Bryan in kind of back-to-back -back years because of the, the COVID year. 
Like you're you're spending nothing on someone who could be something. Maurice Hurst should have been a first round pick, found that heart issue. That's not why he's not been great in the NFL. He can't be healthy for other reasons. Tristan right. Hill was a second round pick. He's athletic. Let's see what's up. So overall, I feel like they've really raised the floor. They want a 53 man roster that has talent to it. Heck, they brought back Josh Dobbs, right? Like that's a player that might be interesting. It also may say Kellen Mond wasn't very good again. Um, so overall, I just feel like they're, they're raising the floor. We just get really interested in big names and people want to spend a ton of resources on their fifth weapon. Right. Right. I don't, I, I, for me, I just don't get it. I get long-term thinking, but that's what 42 is for, right? That's what next year's picks are for, whatever. Overall, they've really raised the floor of this team, and they already believe they had a decent ceiling because even being terrible last year, they were 7-10 and 10 and two special teams plays and two defensive plays away from being a 10-11 win, win season with all of the kind of bad that they had. No, it's interesting. I'd Super Surge called it too, and I love that you said it. I've been, I've been, I've been harping on it over and over and over and over and over again. That the team has to raise the floor. The ceiling is is way up there. When you when you add Deshaun Watson, if he can be the guy, I mean, we're all we all talk about Deshaun Watson. If he can be the guy that we think he can be, after a normal offseason, after a normal training camp, and getting able to being able to start the year with the team, if he can go into it and be what we think he can be. And you've got the rest of the guys that you've lifted. I'm not worried about the ceiling with this team. I'm not worried about the ceiling. The ceiling is way the hell up high. It's that floor. It's you can't, like you said, last year, the 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 abysmal nature of the middle of that defense mm. from the defensive tackles who it, it, they're not even names that you should know. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about this. Nobody should know who Jordan Elliott is. Nobody, we shouldn't have watched Taven Bryan and thought, well, he's pretty good at least no he's not he just looked way better than everybody else <laughs> nobody should know who these guys are the linebackers god I, I give credit to the guys Deion jones and reggie raglan that stepped in late in the year and i love jeremiah wusu koromoa but like the middle of that linebacking core once anthony walker went down was rough john johnson deep middle should not have been playing where he was playing just the middle of that defense was so tough and what is encouraging to me is that it sh- so far this offseason, I've seen a little bit of a shift in focus from the people making decisions for the Browns, right? Because so far, especially defensively, everything's been very outside-oriented. Go get cornerbacks, go get edge players, go get guys like that, bring in Jadevian Clowney, that's fine, draft corners. And that's a good thing to have, and I love the depth they have out there. But the, the middle's kind of been ignored. I know they tried to address it with John Johnson. That was a failure. So I'm encouraged, Jared. I'm encouraged by they're going out there and, and bringing guys in to play that deep interior defensive line. They're going. They're looking for guys to help them up the middle. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you see a little bit of difference with, like Tomlinson, a little bit older, right? Yes. Even they brought in um, Goodwin for a visit, a little bit older. They're signing one-year players to play special teams roles where in years past, they've just assumed a sixth-round pick was going to do it, a fifth-round pick is going to do it, right? They're just nudging it a little different, yes. not just because of Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone, but we don't, we can't just rely on hope, right? We got to go, these guys are good. 
we can sign him for 2.5 or whatever the heck they're end up signing him for. Like you're just seeing the little bit of adjustment. And I think that's one of the things that people didn't think we would see. Like I had people tell me they're not going to change their, you know, Jack and some of those guys, they're not going to change their age guardrail, which by the way, when I asked Andrew Barry that question, he started smiling at me. It was hilarious <laughs> at the combine. He's like, I feel like I've heard the word age guardrail before or whatever he said. I was <laughs> yeah. like, you have, dude. But I think they they are just not going to say, well, this is what we do and this is how we do it. The flexibility to adjust is something I think people don't believe analytics believes in. But the reality is, is analytics goes, well, that crap wasn't working. So we have to adjust. Like that's the rule of data is when the data tells me it ain't working, we have to adjust. How much do you think, you know, you're around them a lot. Uh, and you 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 get to kind of ask questions and be around them, and we're just chilling in the basement, aka the garage. Uh, what kind of sense do you get though, bringing in Bubba, bringing in Schwartz? Uh, I've always admired that. I feel like for the first time in a long time, there's a lot of collaboration that happens in Bria. I, I feel like Kevin Stepanski and Andrew Berry are very collaborative with one another, and I don't feel like they're standoffish with one another at all. I feel like. I feel like those two guys feel like they can hit each other's offices and just sit down and go over what they need to go over. And it's not, they don't butt heads a lot. I mean, they right. may have their opinions that they have arguments about because you should, but how, how collaborative do you think they are with guys like Bubba with guys like Schwartz? Do they bring them into the picture and say, what do you guys want? Who do you guys need? And are they listening to them? Are, are we seeing that happen right in front of our faces? Absolutely. There are 100%. I know a lot of people think differently, but they're 100%. All the information matters. Give me as much diversity of thought as possible. We'll make the end decisions because that's our job. But if Bubba Ventrone is pounding the table for somebody and it, it's not totally outside for whatever reason, then they're going to sign him. Like that's just the way it's going to go um, is, is they're going to collaborate because they don't believe they believe they're smart enough to ask questions. And so, and to, to know, to trust people, all that kind of stuff. Like they absolutely know that they're just not arrogant and arrogant in the way that they, they interact because they know that if Bubba Ventrone does well, that means the team does well. Yes. Bubba's probably a head coach next year or the year after, but they just know that's good for the Browns brand overall. It's why they're pushing. Catherine Raish was the first person they focused on in unleashed, right? They want her. I know it's stupid. Uh, the name no, at least. Fine. Um, they want Glenn Cook to succeed. They want all these people yeah. to succeed. And they know that only happens by them succeeding, everybody being bought in. Super Surge wants to know how he signs his wife up. <laughs> I believe that had to be a premarital deal right there. But, yeah. <laughs> What's in the prenup, Super Surge? <laughs> and plus, I don't know, Super Surge, man, I don't know if you want your wife to see the data. I don't know if you want your wife to see the data, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, so, guys, let's talk about some of the things that we want the Browns to kind of do moving forward. Because, again, they've addressed needs, for sure. And my whole point, we had this conversation, Andrew Spade and I had this conversation on our show Unscripted last night, that, in my opinion, every team has deficiencies. You just have to be good enough to overcome deficiencies, right? The the, the You know, we're all sitting here pounding the table for wide receiver, and we're going to go to that next. But when you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you can kind of throw out wide receivers and they're going to be fine, which is what the chiefs did last year. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw somebody on Twitter was like every, every competitive team has an elite wide receiver. I'm like, except for the one that won the super bowl last year. Like there were no elite wide receivers on that team. Uh, they had Travis Kelsey. He's an elite pass catcher, but 
no elite wide receivers there. So uh, let's let's talk about the areas that the Browns uh, we would still be cool with the Browns addressing. Uh, Joe, Jared, whoever wants to jump in, but like still no moves on the wide receiver front. You talked about them having Marquise Goodwin in. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is speed all the way. He's a little bit older. Uh, certainly not like a top level wide receiver. And I don't, you know, he's one of those guys that may find the field half the time the offense is out there kind of player. Uh, but then the other big rumor of the day stemming from Benjamin Albright, basically uh, former guest of the podcast uh, is that the Browns are rumored to still be in conversation uh, and the team most aggressively pursuing Jerry Judy out of Denver. Uh, so first of all, thoughts on that rumor. And, you know, I can't ask you to speak on the rumor because who knows whether it's true or not. But uh, what's Jerry Judy? What, what's what's the biggest appeal to Jerry Judy? Anyway, go ahead, Jared. Um, he could be a number one receiver. He's young. Uh, especially, I mean, he's young. He would be in this draft class in some people's kind of mind uh, and he's available. So the idea really is at some root level, the belief that you need three wide receivers that can be good to great um, is, is built in the logic that Deshaun Watson is a top 20 quarterback, right? Like it's built in that kind of general logic. Um, and so until people know that, Deshaun Watson is a top five to 10 quarterback. They think he's going to need every freaking wide receiver in the book. But once you're paying somebody at that level, um, you, you can't like the person might be right. There are one elite pass catcher on every great team, one elite pass catcher, one elitely paid pass catcher. And that's why the Bengals are going to be really interesting. So Judy basically replaces Amari Cooper next year or the year at whatever it's next year. Um, and people want more. They just, it's this idea that you need more because they don't trust Deshaun Watson. If you trusted Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback, you would go, cool. He's going to make DPJ really, really, really good. We can keep Cooper on the downslide of his career a little bit longer. And he's going to make David Bell good, whoever they pick at 42 or next year in the second round, whatever, they're going to make them all better. Jerry Judy is more on top of. And because the Browns went really aggressive, the defensive line, it feels like, and to be honest, this goes into some of the Twitter conversation. It's also been the narrative pushed by most media. The Browns need a vertical threat. The Browns need a vertical threat. They have no one who can win quickly. DPJ can be a vertical threat. Amari Cooper can be a vertical threat. They got nobody who's going to, who's a little lightning bug. I would disagree. They need a vertical threat. Even um, they need somebody, they need sky more, right? They need a guy that, is in and out in like a heartbeat and you can't keep up with them. So I think it just kind of comes out of all of that. Um, and by the way, it'd be really freaking fun. <laughs> like put those five guys out there. It'd be really freaking amazing. But Jerry Judy's going to get 50% of the snaps, 60% of the snaps. I don't know what number it's going to be because there's just not that many snaps to go around. Hmm. I Sorry, love Joe. I like to talk a lot. No, Joe's ready. To, no Joe's, for me. Joe's ready to talk baseball. Like that's, that's what Joe's <laughs> at right now. Joe's ready to talk Guardians baseball. I know this. I can see it in his face and his flowers behind him. Yeah. Uh, I love what you said though, because I, I, every time I hear somebody say they need a vertical threat, I think isn't that isn't that the, like mainly the sole reason Donovan Peoples Jones is out there all the time? I mean, he is the vertical threat. He is the guy that can go out there. Like, 
he is the guy that hits vertical passes more than anybody else really is Donovan Peoples Jones. He's a good vertical threat. Amari Cooper lives in that 15 to 20 yard range, which is cool, but he can get you vertical if you need it. But I a thousand percent agree with you. What the Browns seem to be missing and what they're clearly looking for because they keep trotting Anthony Schwartz out there when he's healthy, looking to get him. They need that guy you can hit for a three yard pass and he takes it 30 yards. Like that's what they need. That's the kind of player they need. I just, I just don't know where you just find that though. I just don't know where you just find that. But you find that player more likely in the second and third round than you find Amari Cooper type, right? You don't find those outside number ones at 42, but you do find, listen, I think there's a chance. I'm going to use the word chance. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a trade up candidate. And I think they would love to get him. Right. Um, But kind of, I mean, to, to use a guardians metaphor, uh-oh. The reality is, is it would it's it's actually like trying to get another contact hitter to the Guardians. No, get Josh Bell, right? Get the dude who's gonna crank it out of the ballpark. He might strike out a little more often than the rest of your players, but you got the rest of the guys to be kind of those contact hitters and those doubles hitters, and every once in a while gonna hit a home run. And obviously Jose Ramirez all of a sudden became a home run hitter. Like you need some diversity in what you've got. You can't just have guys running down the down the seam or down the outside and Donovan Peoples Jones is so high waisted that he's not making quick moves, right? He is not a, he just literally, it's just how his body is built. He can't drop his hips and and go like Amari Cooper can. Again, they're built a little bit differently. And so, you know, I think again, when you want to diversify a lineup uh, of weapons, you do that by looking at what you currently have, what you're going to have in a few years and you diversify it in that way. Second and third round picks, you can find them someplace. These guys are never going to let me live this down. Super surge, slant and go. So Mike wants OBJ. Got it. Sure. Okay. Sure. I've said it a hundred times. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Here's the reality. Listen to this. I know fans hate OBJ. Great. Got it. The New York Giants (laughs) want him back. The Los Angeles Rams want him back. The Cleveland Browns want him back. The three former teams he played for have all tried to get him back since he left their team. Like that has to say more than anything you could ever say three teams that he left and the fans weren't happy about it. All three of them have tried to recruit him, gone to his thing, offered him contracts, whatever the crap you want to say. Holy Moses. I think the more I think about it, cause you know, I like Bradley, listen, I'm not disagreeing with Bradley Bruns here that the Browns could use more top line speed. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I feel like, I feel like Tyreek Hill has ruined the conversation on wide receivers. (laughs) I I truly, I feel like this whole thing is just based on Tyreek Hill. People watch Tyreek Hill play and he just is always open. He's always running away from everybody that he is playing against him. Nobody can keep up with him. Nobody can guard him. You can hit him for two yards and he takes it 90 or he can get behind the defense. He can just do everything. And, and, and I think the conversation just comes back to like, they need that guy. <laughs> well, that's, that's the guy. That's the one guy that, that can do that. No, nobody else can do that. Right. It's like Patrick Mahomes, right. Or listen, I've watched, I watched Manny Ramirez. My mom worked for the Indians back in the day. Oh, yeah. I watched Manny take balls off the dirt, like swing at things you're not supposed to swing at. I've watched Tyreek Hill cut back up field, something you should never flip and do. By the way, Manny Ramirez is hilarious. For years, he didn't cash his paychecks. They were in his glove box. Um, just an FYI, <laughs> hilarious guy. Um, Manny is funny as can be. 
but you watch Tyree Hill and he does things you should not do. Patrick Mahomes does things you cannot do, should not do. It's why Josh Allen, you watch him and he tries to do things you should not do. And half the time he gets in trouble for it. Patrick Mahomes gets in trouble for it 10% of the time, right? 25% of the time, whatever. So yeah, they, yeah, someone who can, listen, explosive is explosive, right? You want to spread the field this way and that way. Like it, it matters in the NFL. You want to do both of those things and how you do that is formation, speed, all of that kind of stuff. There are ways to make it happen. You need people who can do things that you cannot scheme up. So let's assume the Browns don't get Jerry Judy. And maybe they add a guy like Marquise Goodwin, who, again, I wouldn't expect more than like 30 catches for the year out of Marquise Goodwin. That, that would be the expect 30 catches, maybe 350 yards. That would be my expectation. If he does more than that, cool. Uh, let's say the Browns go into it with the offense that they've got. R- roughly. Defensively, similar to what they've got. You've got draft picks that you're going to throw in there. But the question is, and I think what's what makes people nervous is, are they good enough to win now? Is this is this Browns team as constructed plus draft picks do they have enough talent that when they cut this thing down to 53 and they roll into the regular season can they win define win <laughs> i was gonna say they've, they've had the talent for the past feels like two years that they could have won it's just execution well yeah and i think that's where not only just execution but i think you also and i I said this on twitter when people are and people are so mad at me for saying they're not all in this year the reality is is when you look at the afc and you look at the quarterback play uh burrow allen mahomes soon to be rogers possibly lamar jackson um and i'm missing some guys i just whatever they are to uh whatever it is all of a sudden like the variability of winning is is different right uh the Cavs. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> no. What trust did I have in you, Keith? Um, listen, the Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Larry Nance, Hot Rod Williams, Cavaliers, Danny Ferry, Cavaliers ran and and listen, Carl Malone and John Stockton ran into Michael Jordan. They were great teams. They ran into Michael Jordan, right? So when you talk about winning, the Browns should have won 10 games last year, and I don't normally say should have. Make a kick, recover an onside kick. Don't let the Saints run all over you or don't let the Falcons run all over you. Pick one of those last two and they're, they got 10 wins, right? And so I think automatically you got to add a win for Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone. Boom. Automatically, I'm giving us one more just for that, right? So I think they're good enough to win. But I think in a lot of ways, the Cavaliers are, this year's Cavaliers are a great example of a team that didn't go all in because they just weren't ready yet, right? They wanted to see some more development. They wanted to see what they had. So the Cavs are good enough to be a four seed, three seed, whatever, um, and maybe win a, a, a series or two. I think the Browns are good enough to make the playoffs and to win a game. And then if things go well, they can make the AFC championship game. Would I right now put the Browns over Patrick Mahomes? I'm not a moron. Right. I would not put a single other team and I'm saying team versus Patrick Mahomes, right? Like I would not 
ever. I wouldn't bet any of your guys' money. I wouldn't bet a dollar of your guys' money for anyone to beat Patrick Mahomes. I'm glad you wouldn't bet all of my money on that. I, <laughs> I said a dollar. I know. Much I'm less all, all of your money. No, no. Because you that's put it, it all that's towards all, that's yeah, What it, options that's... are on the table here? Can I withdraw? You, yeah, <laughs> you take my like, dollar and that's all I got, man. Well, so man, buying those four-pack of vengeance from Alaska, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like those yeah. better have been cold filtered or something. I don't know nothing about beer. It's kids' uh, Thompson right there. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you a few rollover shots next time we play. Oh. You cheating son of a bitch. <laughs> so, Joe, you may not know this. Keith, thinks, know this. We che- Keith thinks we cheated at the OBR scramble because we oh. joked about we had we only had three guys. They had four. So we had a fourth shot that we just rotated. Well, if we didn't need it, we joked about it being our rollover shot. There, no jo- there were no jokes. Man, you no saw jokes. me. You saw us stab it on the green from that par four <laughs> or that par three with my driver. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Jared Mueller with his driver, and he nails it about 110 yards right that out of the That freaking green. hole was That's like perfect. 225. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I know is. I knew it wasn't our day when I saw Andrew Spade with like a five iron, just put one about four feet from the hole. Well, this is not our, this isn't our day. You still nope. cheated. You still cheated. You still cheated. Listen, I, again, I think uh, I'm reading the comments. No, I didn't use the foot wedge. I had Fred Greetham on my team and that guy's a wedge master. We didn't even need the, I didn't hardly even need the chip. Uh, I was going to show this. Listen, no. But, I, but this goes back to, Jared, what you were saying before, and I keep seeing comments like this from people. You guys are fine with just being mediocre. What, what's, what move's going to get made? We talked about it last night. The comments keep flowing in. that You can just rework things, and the, the, the salary cap doesn't matter, and things can get reworked. So you could just add. You could just go add all these guys that, are, that want 10, 15, $20 million, and you could just keep doing this and bring in all the big – no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We're not fine being mediocre. You know what else I'm not fine with, though? Being stupid and going out there and just saying, oh, let's just pick everybody up and, and, and spend all the money. And then three years from now, when you can't afford to keep Miles Garrett anymore and when you can't afford to bring anybody else into play and there is no mediocre anymore, you're bad again and you're in the pit of despair again in Cleveland. I don't, I don't understand this. No. And I think what the Browns have done this offseason is not mediocre. I think the Browns are not a mediocre team. They're, they're, they've got stiff competition. But, like, what what more do you want? What what, what magic fix is there? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think you, the other thing is that, similar to Tyreek Hill, the Rams also kind of ruined it because the Rams did say F them picks and won a Super Bowl and are now tearing it all down, right? They got Aaron Donald and nothing on their defense, basically. But the reality is, is that probably shouldn't have worked, right? Like that, right. that, that going all in, but now people are like, well, you got to go all in. You have to go in, you know, like, I think, I think the reality is I'll just be very honest as, as a spoiled person who has the Buckeyes and the 2016 Cavs championship, <laughs> I want a really we competitive so spoiled. Team. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying like, <laughs> I feel spoiled. I got my Buckeyes and I got my Cavs, right? I got to cover. I got to cover the Cavs championship. Like I was in Quicken Loans Arena when it happened. Like it was sweet. But here's the deal. Like I want a competitive team that has a chance to win the Super Bowl. Chance, 
to win the Super Bowl for the next 10 years. That's it. That's it. Everything else, like if someone said in the, the comments, make the playoffs and see what happens. I don't think you you're moving the needle, right? If they've signed Jason Hargrave for $80 million, you're literally not going to keep Cooper and you're not keeping DPJ next year. That's literally what that means. That's why you sign Dalvin Tomlinson. If they had signed Draymond Jones instead of Tomlinson, the way that was structured, they do not sign Juan Thornhill because they cannot pay for that up front. That's just the way it is. I want a competitive-ass team for the next 10 years that I don't have to hope they win the first number one overall pick and are freaking terrible and we're going to have a parade. I would rather be the Indian, the Guardians, sorry. Uh, I would rather be the Guardians. Like, I want to be freaking good. And every once in a while, if you feel like you can make that one last move, make that one last move. But I want that. Like, that's just what I want. I want really good teams that have a chance, not let's blow our wad with the hope that we, Patrick McHome gets hurt again. Sorry. Yeah. Soapbox. Yeah. I mean, look no, at the, say I was going to say, like, Two teams that are the perfect example of that are the Detroit Tigers that paid everybody they could and have not been relevant for seven years, I want to say. Yeah, but they were they were relevant for like a decade. So it happened. Yeah, but then they signed everybody, gave big contracts out, yeah. and then everyone got hurt and old. Uh, and then you had the Broncos on the other side that are going to be shelling out money to Russell Wilson until uh, I'm probably dead, I think. <laughs> Uh, but all those bathrooms, all those bathrooms all those... are going to be gold leaf, gold plated. So many bathrooms in that house. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I think ultimately the hard thing for all of us to try to really break this down, right, Jared? I think the frustrating thing is when it all boils down to it, we can analyze every move. We can talk about everything they do. We can say they should have done this. They should have done that. But there are factors that are so beyond the control of everything. For example, they can't control whether a guy signs here or not in free agency. They can. We don't know who they've been in on and who they haven't been in on. We don't know that some of these guys that have signed elsewhere and, and all of Brown's Twitter is exploding because, ah, oh, why didn't the Browns? And they see the numbers and they go, the Browns definitely could have done that. Yeah, maybe they tried. Maybe they <laughs> offered that same deal. And the guy was just like, I'd rather go to Seattle or Carolina or L.A. or whatever. That happens. The other thing that's frustrating when you boil the whole thing down, Jared, you can do all the right things. But the team that wins has everything go right all at the same time. And that's uncontrollable. And nobody likes to talk about that. You could talk about the coaching. You could talk about the execution. You could talk about the playing. But sometimes it's that other stuff, too, where the ball just bounces your way a few times. The, 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 the ball sticks in a guy's hands when it never would have otherwise sometimes. It, it all has to go your way. And I think that's the thing for Browns fans. It's frustrating because you want to analyze this and build upon it. But in reality, they've got to get all these moves right. And then the thing has to just go their way. And that's, that's a hard thing. You can't analyze that. So that's the hardest thing to talk about. Oh, you're muted, Jared. Yeah, I should unmute myself. Oh, Professional over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Welcome to the garage. <laughs> I think that's where if someone ever, you know, if you play poker or even have watched back in the day, I don't even know if it's on anymore, but you could have the, you could have ace King, right? Suited. You could have pocket rockets, two aces, and you can get beat by the Doyle special seven deuce off suit. 
Um, and you're like, what the crap? Because the, and I think that's, it's not really ring society, but it's this whole BS, like it's a wins and losses league. No, it's not. It is a variable league with 22 players on the field at any time, a field that could be a mess and affect everything that happens. Crap ass referees, horrible weather, whatever it is, like the variability in, in football is so great that if there was one way to win, everyone would do it. Right. That's why the arrogance, let me just be honest. We, we had the fun Twitter traditional media conversation today on, uh, on Twitter, the oh. arrogance of there is one way to win is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life in professional football because of those variables, the number of variables it takes for everything to go right for you to win. Right. The Browns just to, the Browns take Tom Brady instead of Spurgeon win and no one knows who he is. The Browns take Patrick Mahomes instead of trading down or whatever. I forget exactly the details of that. My brain just went away and no, and barely anybody knows who he is. Cause Hugh Jackson would have jacked that dude up. Right. Like that's just kind of the reality. He's the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he's the bus driver. So yes, exactly. Listen, football is complicated. It's difficult. Um, it's fun, right? Like, like enjoy winning, not only winning, right? Like enjoy being good. Listen, I see it in the comment section. I don't know if you can see, but that's freaking, I was alive when Art Modell took the team. I was a, in high school. I remember, and I still have the Sports Illustrated right there. I've and there is a right bottle over, over there of champagne that I'm popping when they make the Super Bowl. Because I remember 20 years, 30 years of crap, right? Or not having a team. I don't need to win a championship. I need a freaking good team. If I win a championship, hallelujah. Let's just celebrate having a good flipping team that you hope will win, not suck ass, bull crap. I don't want it anymore. I want to celebrate on Sundays. I don't want to be miserable on Sundays, man. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> Sorry, I got to go here in a second. So I really yeah. want to actually jump in for Joe. Joe, I need to know. Yeah. I don't get to cover him anymore. I just don't have time and energy. I'm old. What? Where are we at with the Guardians? How are you feeling? Give me your, oh. give me oh. your elevator. Since Mike's telling me you're, you're my guy. You're my yeah. baseball guy. Tell me. I know that Major League Baseball playoffs is Yahtzee. It is just straight up whatever happens happens. Yeah. But what do I got this year? What am I going to see with my probably illegal stream? Unless Bailey, if I can, whatever. <laughs> like, so you just got to move. You got to get the MLB TV package. Sweet. Because uh, let me call him Bootleg Mueller. Bootleg again, Mueller. Not balling out like that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or ever. But tell me what I'm, what is this season going to be? Give me that elevator speech. Yeah. Here's my guardians. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they've, they've made a move to bring in a right handed bat. And I, somebody that's going to hit for power and uh i i don't know uh, aside from the move to get edwin encarnacion I, we haven't seen that in a number of years as a team and so you're bringing back a young core and i think the biggest variable is how good they were last season and how young they are and do they take that step forward do they take that step back um i kind of think a lot of last year's success might be attributed to lighting in a bottle. They have so much go so right for so long with so many young players. Uh, so I'm not setting that high expectation that we're going to get 100 wins this season. But I think the Central is incredibly weak. I think that uh, we have a pitching staff that can get us those one-run one, one run win games. 
Um, I, I think that we have an offense that hits for contact uh, and can get us people on base and people moving on base. Uh, <laughs> the Browns do need a right-handed bat. That's all they need. That's all they need. And some bullpen depth, to be honest. Close out some games here, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. <laughs> Browns need a whole damn bullpen. That's what they need. Emmanuel Clase, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't quite have my playoff picks yet. The, okay, the, you're good. Next week, next next week is the official Garage Beers Guardians playoff preview, it is. or not playoff preview, season preview. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but yeah, hey, Joe, I like the warm man, up there. I like the warm up there. Joe. Again, like the the farm system, it's like I I don't I wish the Browns could have like, or the NFL, it's just something yeah. like this, like built because I don't think people realize like the depth that we have. It like we literally have AAA pitchers that are falling off in single A because like we just don't have spots for them on our team. Like we have just incredible talent in that farm system. And like, that is like the pinnacle of building a great franchise uh, top to bottom uh, French fries. French fries. I uh, definitely want some French fries up in here. <laughs> some French fries. On a side note, my, um, my analogy for major league baseball relief pitchers and kickers is always, you either have the best or they're good for a year or two. And then they just forget how to yeah. do their job. Yeah. Like it's one or the other, like you're either really good or you hope you get the one or two good years and then you're moving on from them. And that has been kickers and that has been major league re- relievers all of my lifetime. So you think we Jared, have that in a kicker? <laughs> Jared, real quick before you go, yeah. we got a great question in the comments and then we're going to let you go. Uh, Cap Casualty says if one non Browns Cleveland athlete could play for the Browns, who would you guys? Well, listen, after I just watched Donovan Mitchell almost murder somebody at the oh, rim. did you see that? Dunk? Holy gee, many Christmas. Uh, I, I want him at running back. Like, just mm. run. Like, he is, he's kind of right in there, right? That that kind of six, he would be a tall running back. But I, listen, I'm, I'm really, got some recency bias going. Donovan Mitchell, running back, let him just run some people over and jump over him. Yeah, I'm only, and, and I think this is only current. So we're only going current. One current. Right. Non-Browns Cleveland athlete. What about uh, Joe? What do you got? Oh, interesting. Uh, I want to put Josh Naylor somewhere on the Browns. I don't know if he has the speed for any of that, or honestly, the muscular strength because he's <laughs> it's kind of pudgy. But like, I just want to see him run on a football field and full pads because I think that he would just like do the most reckless, like full body tackling. But I want him mic'd up. I want him yeah. mic'd up. Honestly, just special I'm teams. That motherfucker! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> field josh naylor on special teams uh perfect reckless abandon. he's gonna reckless abandoned uh, uh maybe i'll go back i'll go back to uh oh, i love that answer i love both of those answers but i love that answer joe uh i will go i'll go back to the cabs give me uh give me evan mobley uh, he's, he's skinny he's lanky but give me uh give me the red zone threat and he'd block every kick he'd block every kick so he's he's special teams on uh, field goal uh, defense, and he is a specialty or he's a red zone target. That guy will have twenty six touchdowns. He said he's the field goal post, or is he like padded up and playing? <laughs> no, he's 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 he plays field. He he's plays not defense. standing out there like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's the new goal post. Saint like he him and the goal post are Spider Man meme. Yeah, <laughs> Robin Lopez <laughs> kick block specialist. I love this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a great that is a great question and that's a great way for us uh thank you cap casualty that's a great way for us to let jared Mueller out of here jared man 
stepping in for Chad Meyer here tonight, at least for the first half of the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, go check out Jared. Uh, again, Dogs by Nature, SB Nation, Jared K. Mueller on Twitter. Uh, Jared, we love you, man. We, uh, we appreciate you being a friend of the show, and, and let's do this again. Cheers, boys. Joe, very nice to meet you, sir. Looking Great forward to, to that you. Guardians prediction, brother. Cheers. Keith, I'll see you on the course. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, Jared. Thank you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Jared Mueller again. Uh, awesome to have him on. We're still, we're about halfway through the show, uh, but we figured Chad again on the road. Uh, if you if you just joining, joining us or didn't Hoinin. catch the first part of the show, joining us. Uh, Chad is covering uh, the Sweet 16. Uh, I believe it's at Madison Square. I don't know if it's at Madison Square Garden or if it's in Brooklyn. I don't know which one it's in, uh, but uh, he's covering the Sweet 16 in New York City. Uh, he's running camera, I believe. And so he's on an airplane. Uh, and so it was awesome to have Jared step in and, uh, and kind of fill in and talk a little bit of football with us. Now we're going to step on. There's some other fun stuff going on in the world of sports that I kind of want to get to. Uh, some of it's going to be Cleveland related. Some of it is not, but, uh, there's just some, some stuff I want to talk about with you, Joe, before we do that though, every time we get about the halfway point of our episode, mm. uh, we got to do one of our segments we do every week. One of our favorite segments we do, it's our asshole of the week, where somebody just deserves to get called out for being an asshole. And so, Joe, who's your asshole of the week this week? I don't want to, like, say asshole, but just, like, somebody that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. Uh, and sorry if anyone works at furniture stores, but like furniture store salesmen, Ooh. like very similar to car salesmen. Like as soon as you walk in, like you just feel like sharks swimming upstream. They're just looking for you. Like how's it going? And they just like they have a whole spiel. Like you know they're gonna have a spiel. Like you're instantly thinking of ways to get out of it. Like <laughs> it's like man, I just I just want to look at a nightstand without you coming down here breathing down my neck. I'm good. Just tell me your name. I'll give you the commission. Like, it's all good. But I, I just want to look on my own. And like, I'm one of those shoppers that I'm just like in and out kind of vibe. Uh, and so I just don't like, I don't like the slow down. I just spent too long at furniture stores this weekend and I'm just so tired. Tired of it. Tired. Uh, Paul Spencer wants to know how many stops we think Chad would make along I-80. Well, he's in an airplane. So if he's making stops along I-80, we've got a massive problem. Yeah. We've got a here, we've got a serious problem. I think Chad is a pee in a cup kind of guy. Oh, no. You know what I mean, though? I don't, I don't know if he's stopping. I think he's just kind of ripping and going. Oh, you think, you think Chad's just, Oh man. Yeah. Man. I mean, oh. I love uh, I love I love that we are you guys are still going on the Browns. Again, we're going to get away from the Browns for a little bit. I love that you guys are still going on the Browns, but like I got and again, we love that you're here, man. We love that you're here. But Perry, you got to have a little more fun with the Browns. You got to have a little more fun with the Browns. You, you it's very dark over here. It's very dark with you. Everything's been bad. Not everything's bad with the Browns. We live through bad. It's not that bad anymore. It's not that bad. So just have a little more fun. He's almost middle aged. So like it's not it's not an incorrect comment. Have a little bit more fun with the Browns. That's it. That's it. Uh, uh, we got a friend of Chad's and a friend of ours. Sean said Chad would definitely pee in a cup. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, Paul wants to know if it's a Poland spring bottle. Maybe. I think Chad would pee in anything. The I you don't have Whataburger. I feel like what the big like Whataburger cups are like the go to. Um, like, I don't know what that pops. would be in Ohio. Oh, big polar ball. pops, huh? yeah, polar pop, yeah. All I can think of, I, I, if, if you know, all you're thinking about is that scene from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> That's all you're thinking about is the scene from Dumb and Dumber. Hopefully, he doesn't get pulled over by uh, whatever that actor's name is. Uh, are you drinking a little bit of the sauce, boy? Uh, my asshole of the week. Okay, if you are a person, if you Check. are a person. That when somebody asks you how you are doing, yeah. Hey, how are you? Good. How's your day going? Doing well. How how are you? That's yeah, the main question. How are you? If you are the person who every time somebody asks you how you are, you you use the word busy, you're an asshole. I, I, I got no. Oh, I don't have, that's fair. I get that. I, I got nothing. I got no. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh God, what a great comment. <laughs> From Arbor Hatch, that asshole ceiling fan is working overtime to blow Grandma's flower picture off the wall behind show. Oh yes, yes, Here, yes! I it, love we can that. turn it off. I, I'm done sweating now from moving the mattress, so I guess we can we can turn the fan off high. I love that. Listen, let uh, the flower breathe a little. Dan Wise says two answers: good or fine. That's cool. I just when you say busy. You sound like you're trying to convince me that you're like important and like your life is very busy and you don't have time for anything and you're busy body person. And I, it's just asshole move. Number one to me, 
If I ask you how you're doing, I don't give a shit if you're busy or not. I'm busy. Joe's busy. You guys are all busy in the comments. We have jobs and lives and shit. There ain't nobody that's not busy. There ain't nobody that's not busy. If you use busy as a way to describe how you are, I just, I feel like you're an asshole. Dare I say. Kind of an asshole. Dare I say. I don't really want an answer either. Like, just tell me you're good. Like, it's more of like a formality. Like, <laughs> like unless I'm like really generally like, hey man, like, how's how's it going? <laughs> I, I don't really give a shit to be honest. Like, just tell me you're good so I can move on and like check off my good Samaritan right. box. Yeah, right. Hey, how, but how are you? Yeah, but how are you? I like Paul Spencer saying, "How about I've been ill, very ill." Yes, <laughs> that's very a good one too. That's very good. Uh, I don't know. I just, I'm good. Life is good. Respond with something cool or like, ah, I've been better. It, but nobody wants to hear that shit either. Don't say that. Uh, nobody cares. But busy. Ugh. Just that grinds my, that's a grinds my gears kind of thing. I'm busy too. So don't give me that shit. Uh, all right. Those were our asshole of the weeks. I feel like I struck a chord there because you guys are all, you, yeah, right. right. Polarizing. Right. The super surge. Just what Joey just said. Just yeah, yeah, nobody cares. But it's just hey, well, how's it going? Yeah, the southern go to can't complain. I like you. Don't have to say the last part of this. Cap casualty. Nobody would listen anyways. But in the comments, cap casualty says can't can't complain. Great answer. Yeah, great answer. Can't complain. <laughs> All right, Paul's taking this overboard. Paul's taking it overboard. All right. Uh, so nobody will ask you ever again. Those are our assholes of the week. Too uh, hot. We'll turn the fan back on. No, careful, careful. Uh, that asshole fan. Uh, I want to talk about a couple other things going on just kind of in the world of sports, guys. And again, this is going to get away from the Browns a little bit. It's going to get away from the NFL a little bit because right now, again, we're just in that period of time where now we're starting to talk about the draft is a month away. And if you're not paying attention, if you didn't watch Jake, uh, he's doing the the, uh, dueling mocks. He did one with Andrew before our show here tonight. Uh, We've got our mock drafts going. It's getting into draft season. It's awesome. Uh, but we're just kind of at that point where it's like, all right, well, sure, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet, and there's going to be some other moves made, but now it's just kind of getting ready for the draft. So there's other stuff going on. Joe, I do want to talk about one thing. Uh, The thing I want to start with, and it's going on right now, uh, I want to have a little discussion on the World Baseball Classic. Ah, what an interesting topic. I want to have a little discussion on the World Baseball Classic because, one – uh let's see update japan leading the u.s three to one in the bottom of the seventh um and that's the final game that's the championship yeah the big news that came out of the world baseball classic is the closer for the mets mr trumpet himself uh, it was Edwin Diaz, right? Yeah, I just like totally blanked on it. Yeah, I was too. As you were saying, I was like, oh, shit, what's his name? Is that Edwin Diaz? Diaz yeah. Uh, kind of in like a celebration. He jumps, tears up his knee, has to have surgery, uh, out for the season for the Mets. And he was, along with Emmanuel Clase, those were the two best closers in baseball last year. Diaz was unhittable for the Mets. Obviously, Clase being what he was for the Guardians. Uh, and so immediately, Joe, the conversation goes to, this is a waste of time. Why do we do the baseball classic? Why this sucks? Uh, they shouldn't do this. Teams shouldn't play. All that kind of stuff, right? So, I want to hear your take on this because I've got some opinions on that. I want to hear your take uh, because the players had very strong opinions on this too. 
Yeah. I I really struggle with that. I don't I don't personally watch it because I think, you know, as honestly as Americans where the sport is the most popular and uh well, can't even say that, honestly. Uh where the professional league is the most popular. Um we only care about the regular season. We care about our hometown teams. Like that's it. We care about the people that are paying the salaries of these players. And from that perspective, like you don't want your star players going off on a league that doesn't matter for the team that they're assigned to and getting injured. Uh, On the other hand though, like have you seen the numbers from the world baseball classic? The like, most watched, the most watched baseball games of all time. It, like the five most yeah. watched baseball games of all time have all happened in yeah. this World Baseball Classic yeah. this year. It's crazy. I mean, it's just like, on the other hand, like from a global perspective of the sport, which like baseball is a relatively dying sport in America. Like you cannot deny that. Uh, it's it's still very popular, but it's not like the juggernaut it used to be. Like it's just they're doing a lot to fix the game. And I think like you're seeing a lot of changes because they feel they need to make changes to increase viewership in the sport. And so to see the numbers that you get out of Japan and South Korea and China, people watching these world baseball classic games, like you can't say it's for nothing. It's just who's going to win the argument of it's my team or it's my country. (laughs) Listen, uh, Think about baseball players, though, right? Like, NBA players get a break every couple of years, every four years, and they get to go play in the Olympics. It wasn't like that for a while, but now it is, again, they can go play in the Olympics. Uh, think of a lot, of, a lot of athletes get to compete somehow for the NFL is a little different because that's literally purely an American NHL sport. does it. Yeah, NHL players get to go play in the Olympics, get to yeah. go represent their countries, even in other international tournaments. Baseball players, so Diaz gets hurt. And immediately you've got these big major media, like big talking heads that are like, this sucks. They should get rid of the world baseball class. Like it's meaningless. They shouldn't do that. Um, All the players come out and say, you have no idea what it means to us to be able to represent our country. Yeah. You have no idea what it means to us uh, to, to be able to go out there and put, and it, and it is, it's like, do you think Francisco Lindor is more excited to put on a Mets Jersey or a Puerto Rico jersey. Hopefully, bo- hopefully both. Hopefully, you know, I think both. I think I think, I, no, I think both. both to an extent. But like, you got to think of like to represent your country. Like the story that's going to be my cheers was Randy Rosarena for Mexico. Like, like the country. He's not Mexican. He's Cuban. He defected to Mexico, and he literally pleaded with the president for citizenship because like the country meant so much to him. Granted, it's granted him citizenship, and now he's playing for the Mexican team. Like that means so much more to him as like a person and a player than like, I think yeah. the contract with any, I'm obviously paying is different, but like, that's, 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 yeah. That matters. Pride, pride or money. No, it's just, I, I think the thing that doesn't make sense about the people that are all riled up about this, if these guys weren't playing in the world baseball classic right now, where, what would they be doing? Oh, that's right. They'd be playing meaningless. In spring training. Yep. They'd be working out and they'd be, pl- okay. Uh, para, para man. See you later, dude. I can't, you got to go. You got to go. Para's gone. Sorry, guys. That's, I think that's, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever done that. But uh, he's just trying to like elicit responses 
out of you guys in any it's just one thing after the next this team sucks you guys suck you guys are bum fans i'm not spending my money blah 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 it, it just goes a little overboard when you start talking about you guys being bun fans and all that. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to kick a lot of people out of the comments. You guys can all have opinions on things. You guys can all have your thoughts on things. But once it starts turning into that, nobody's having fun with that. And now, and now it's, and now it's distracting me. I'm trying to talk about the world baseball classic and this asshole of the week over here is over here. Like telling you guys that you suck as Browns fans because you don't hate the team as much as he does. I can't handle that. You got to go. You tell him, Mike. You tell him, Mike. You got to go. I'm sorry. I, I don't like that. I, 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 I almost did it like 10 minutes ago. But I'm like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not kicking people out of the, I, you know, people can yeah, have different yeah. opinions. You guys can argue in the comments, but like, oh, 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 God, was come here, come very here, annoying. Good, very big brother of you too. Like oh, I feel like a dick. <laughs> now I feel like the asshole of the week. <laughs> But I, but it was I, I yeah, it was he time. was distracting it was time. me. He was distracting me. Uh, so there it is. Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, this means something to these guys. This this means yeah. something to these guys that are playing for these these countries, and and frankly, this means something to these countries because look at the countries that participate in the World Baseball Classic. These are countries that maybe don't have huge participation in, and not all of them. Obviously, the U.S., Japan, uh, uh, South Korea are athletic, good. Like, they, they, they participate in, in, in the Olympics a lot and all mm-hmm. that. But, like, you know, Puerto Rico gets representation. I know that's part of the U.S., but they, get rep- they have their own team. They get representation. And uh, Dominican Republic gets representation. And Venezuela. And, like, it's just... It's cool for the countries too. Like you can tell they just get into it. Uh, and, it and it's cool for the whole country. I don't know. I just, I'm a well, sucker for this stuff. I'm a I, sucker I think, for this stuff. And, it, and you can tell it means something to them. It's not just BS. If, if you're going to, you, you could kind of rearrange how it's structured. Like it's currently, I think, yearly, right? Yeah, no. Every other year? It's not four years. Maybe every other year. I don't Maybe know. every other year. Maybe every other. It's not I, yearly. I, I think you got to add maybe a little more structure. I think there's a lot of noise with it happening during spring training. I hate that. Yeah, well, look at so sorry, fumble 13, Italy and Israel. Sick. Team team Italy was fucking electric in this Yeah. With those espressos on the dugout. Like, come on. Now. Espressos in the dugout and they would hit doubles and be like hey. on second base. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's it every four years. Okay. Yeah, Paul's yeah, yeah, we were wrong. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Those teams were electric. The, the story, the kid that played for Team Israel, that his favorite player was Jose Altuve, and there was a picture of him being like a little kid at a Houston Astros game, and now he's down in Team Israel gear and standing next to Jose Altuve yeah. in the World Base. That's cool as hell. I don't know why. Yeah. Who cares? Why we? Why we I think. I think I would love, and this just relating to nothing i just would love it separated from the spring training i think it deserves its own kind of spotlight for me like i'm just so distracted because i'm excited for the guardian season to start that i am more focused on how people are doing the spring training versus what's going on in this world baseball classic uh but like all the highlights you see it's electric like it's it's incredible i think it's i i, I think it's like an america thing like i think because we have major league baseball here and we're all just kind of getting ready for our teams, like you just said, Joe. Yeah. 
I think as Americans, we're not watching it the way that, like, I, I, like I think legitimately tonight, Japan is, like, shut down for this shit. Like, they are, everybody is over there watching this. Yeah, it's their, it's their morning right now. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. But you mean it's not 10, 11 p.m. in Japan right no. now? The world no. isn't on the same But they're, I meant, like, they're actually, it, like, it's not, like, 3 a.m. over there. Like, they can watch it. It's, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. you know, when the, when the injury happened and everybody just starts, it's just, it's the same thing that happens with, uh, you know, when guys, let's take a, a baseball or football player, like, you know, Miles Garrett loves to play basketball in the offseason. Well, listen, you could tear a knee. Yeah. He's doing out there making dunk videos. He could tear a knee. Does that mean you should never play basketball again? Nah. Like, it just, it's a cool thing. It's just a very cool thing. And it's wrapping up tonight. The U.S., if they want to win, it's it's going to be electric. If the U.S. wins, highlights will be everywhere because it's going to have to be a come-from-behind win. But this World Baseball Classic has been filled with wild come-from-behind wins, including Japan, to get to this yeah. game, uh, beating Mexico in that come-from-behind win. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the other thing, Joe, like, uh, so just shifting, we're just going to do a couple quick topics before we do our three cheers of the week or two cheers of the week tonight and get out of here. Uh, NCAA tournament. Did you yeah. watch the first two rounds? Yeah, some games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. What what a wild start to this NCAA tournament. Yeah, you have the for the second time ever you've had a one seed knockout in the first round. Yeah, and that's when was when did when did uh, Virginia was twenty seventeen I think was that twenty seventeen where UM was it UMBC Maryland yeah. Baltimore yeah yeah seventeen like yeah something like that. Yeah, then they immediately get bounced the second round, but it's all right, you know. But who cares? Major noise, yeah. Who cares? Fairly Dickinson, yeah. Have you seen the gym that they play in? Have you seen? I love <laughs> the little was, private school out of New Jersey. I saw this video of like right after the win, there was like two people on campus, like, and the campus is going wild, and it was just like dead silent there. Was, like, <laughs> no, that was like, Prince. That was Princeton. Oh, is that Princeton? That was Princeton. Oh, and they I were like, the campus really... is going wild. And it was just like kids in the, in the, in the, uh, library studying. Just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, Fairleigh Dickinson, the, the sports information director, the SID for Fairleigh Dickinson is a junior at the college, <laughs> right? Like That's wild. The, the kid's a student and they're like, yeah. well, yeah, you could just do it. Cause well, whatever. Yeah, right. There he is sitting like baseline. Like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> that thing is the press conference. <laughs> I just it's incredible. I love the tournament. Like that they do such a good job at uh well, I don't know if they're doing a good job. It's just like is the teams always provide like such an electric atmosphere. Like every team gives it their all. Like seating is relevant, but also can be thrown out the window in the same breath. Like it's just it is so funny. Never know what's gonna happen with it. Um and I think a lot of that's attributed to how unwatchable college basketball generally is and like how people don't really follow teams up until yes. this tournament. And so you almost get caught up in like the numbers of like, Oh, this is like a two versus 15 seed. Like, you know, definitely the two should win. And then the 15 seed wins by 10 points. Like, Oh, well, this is awesome. Like, I think that's fun though. I think it's not like dog on it. I think that's, it's great. Listen, we we're going into we're going into the second. We're going into the Sweet 16 again. Chad's on his way to New York to run the camera for the Sweet 16 uh, uh, this upcoming weekend. 
there's only two one seeds left. Only two one seeds made it out of the tournament. It's wild. For for the second time, uh, what did Kyle Schwarber just do? Cap what casualty. What did he do? I'm not watching it. What's the Blue Jackets just won seven to six? Yeah, we got to talk about that game. We got to talk about that real quick. But what what happened? Tell me. Put it in the comments, Cap. I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, all right. He had a solo homer, so it's three to two. Dude does. Hey, and I had to scroll back. I had to scroll past the spring training games on the ESPN app to get here. <laughs> yeah. Schwarber hits bombs. You got to give it to him. Dude yeah, three bombs. to two. Home run. Dude hits bombs. And don't don't you dare let Trey Turner come up with somebody on base now because he'll hit a bomb too. He'll hit a bomb too. Uh, oh, you Darvish is pitching. We got fun. There's only two one seeds left. For I don't even know. I don't even remember how many times in a row though the defending national championship or national champion doesn't make it out of the first weekend. Yeah. Uh, Belch. You've got a 15 seed left. Creighton is playing Princeton. Princeton and Creighton. Princeton versus Creighton in the Sweet is a 16. matchup in the Sweet 16. You've got teams like Alabama and Houston are the only one teams left. Those teams are not usually one seeds. Nope. I don't think Houston's been a one seed since Hakeem Olajuwon played there. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't even know the last time Alabama was a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I just, this this tournament has been more fun than I think all the other ones for me so far. Uh, the the number, the, the, the parody, this shows you, this, this shows you that when people are talking about, oh, you can't expand the college football playoff because uh, their teams will just get blown out. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Because you know what? That eight seed against the one seed is going to come at you with everything they got. Like, they're going to game plan the shit out of that game. They're going to play their best. Like, look, in reality, like, it's a lot of, like, the last show for a lot of these kids. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, basketball especially, What what's the NBA roster size? Is it, like, 11 or something like that? 15. 15. Okay. Yep. 15. And just in this tournament alone, there's 64 colleges with rosters probably double that, I would imagine. Like, it, I mean, the roster's about the same size, but... Anyways, it's the kids. The, <laughs> let the kids play is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. Listen, the tournament's <laughs> been great. Sweet 16 kicks off on Thursday. I miss it. The 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 Those first two days of the NCAA tournament. That's the best. Because they're work days, right? Thursday and Friday. Those are work days. Yeah. Are two of the best days. I, 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 I literally will have the second screen on my computer. I, I meet with people all day. I'll have the second screen on my computer. And I'll have the games going. And people are coming to meet with me, and I'll just have it going in the background. And everybody walks in like, oh, great, you got the game. Hell yeah, let's go. Yep. Those two those two days of just nonstop basketball are great. Great. Love it. So Sweet 16 coming up this weekend. Uh, Joe, let's talk about a couple other quick things before we get out of here. I want – I mean, I do want to talk about the Cavs. Oh, I still need to see that dunk. The ca- Oh. Donovan Mitchell with with the poster of posters tonight. Like that's what they say. An ultimate poster dog. You have to look it up. Uh, the Cavs go to New Jersey, beat the Nets. That's a good win. I know the Nets. It's funny because I have to remind myself that the Nets, you know, don't have James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all that stuff. A different Nets team than it was for seven. A, a little bit of a different Nets team, but they are still in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. They're only two spots behind the Cavs. It's the Cavs. The oh, my oh, did you just watch the dunk? Man, I, I don't know. I really don't care if this doesn't look good. 
We're going to watch it. Oh, are you going to put it on? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, you're just doing it right there? Okay. Right what there. kind of janky-ass thing is this? Don't we have... Or don't you produce this show? Yeah, but I'm producing it. Hit the play button, at least. Oh. Oh, oh God, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's so just horrible. And then just Jetty Osmond's Horribly. Oh. oh, God. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. That's beautiful. That man has a family, too. Oh, God. My, my heartbeat. My heart's going really fast wow. right now. God, my, my heart's going really fast. Man, I'm uh, excited for playoff Cavs. Yeah, but the Cavs, Cavs tonight, 115-109 winners in New Jersey. Cavs have 46 wins, 46 and 28. So what is that? Six, 74 games. So they have eight games left. Yeah. So eight games left. You're probably looking at a 50-win basket. If, you if you're not looking at a 50-win basketball team, they're going to go limping into the playoffs. So you better be looking at a 50-win basketball team, which is great. That's always a good landmark to hit. There's, I mean, I feel like they're like kind of firmly entrenched in the four seed. Mm -hmm. uh, they're two and a half games. No, sorry, three and a half games behind the Sixers. They had a chance last week. My buddy Dan Wise, who's been in the comments tonight, shout out to Dan Wise hooking me up with tickets. We sat basically floor seats for that Cavs Sixers game. Oh, wow. In which Joel Embiid gets his sixth foul with five minutes left to go in the game. And then all of a sudden, the officials review it and decide, yeah, you know what? That's not a foul, even though it was such an obvious foul. And the Cavs can't come back and win that game. That uh, so one. I feel like they had their chance to get to three. But they're also three and a half games up on the Knicks for the four seed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the Cavs are probably going to be hosting a first-round playoff series. And that's awesome. We host the five seed? Would that you be would it? Yeah, we would host the Knicks. Knicks, okay. And with the way uh, Brooklyn tonight, the Knicks are two and a half games up on Bro I mean, with eight games left. Yeah, you've got Brooklyn's not making a lead. Run. The Knicks have got a two and a half. I mean, it, it pretty much is going to be. Uh, it's pretty much going to be Cavs Knicks first round. That's kind of fun though. That's kind of a fun first round matchup. Yeah. Give me Cavs Knicks. Let's go to Madison Square Garden, play a little playoff basketball. That'll be sweet. Uh, but Cavs playing pretty good basketball right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I hated that loss to the Sixers, but they bounce back uh, with a big win after that. They get they get a big win in Brooklyn tonight. Uh, so only eight games left in the basketball season. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's been a really fun team this year. I mean, it's just not they've they've been Brazilian. They're not taking those like they're not going on these two, three, four loss stretches um like we've we've had in post LeBron years. It's just it's been great to see them bounce back quickly after tough losses. Um the team's been able to kind of wipe the memory, move on, which is great. Uh and especially down the stretch, I feel like just they've been playing their all. They're they're putting it all out there and uh they're looking good. Like, this is going to be a fun... This is, like, the fun young team to go into the playoffs this year. Hey, Armor Hatch. Shout out to you, man. Glad you're enjoying it. Glad you're enjoying the OBR's coverage of everything. And glad you're having fun with us on the on the Garage Beers podcast. We know we're, we know we're a little different than the normal OBR stuff. The best Browns coverage that you are going to find out there. Don't let anybody, especially people that maybe work for bigger radio news organizations, tell you differently. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the best Browns coverage you're going to get out there, but then we love that you just come have some beers and hang out with us. Shout out to you, uh, Armor Hatch, for that. Uh, I like this comment from Mick the Dog because I, I, I kind of feel this too. Do I think the Cavs could win the NBA title this year? Do I think they're going to? Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to. But do I think they could? Yeah. Do I think this Cavs team could get hot and beat pretty much anybody? Yeah. 
We've seen them. The Celtics. They beat everybody. They beat everybody. The Celtics have a hard time with the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers have a hard time with the Sixers, but would it surprise me for the Cavs to play the Sixers well? No. No. Uh, And especially we know what the Sixers tend to do in the playoffs. Uh, So I'm with you. But would it also, would I be totally a thousand percent surprised? Am I going to go put my life savings on the Cavs to beat the Knicks in the first round? A A lot of money bet. Like, why are we betting the house? I'm just saying, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm not gonna go bet my house on the Cavs to beat the Knicks in the first round because I feel like the Cavs could be cold too and get beat by the Knicks. That's a good Knicks team, and they're playing. They're they're coming into the playoffs hot. Yeah. So it's just wild. It's a fun time of year, Joe. I remember this exact time last year. And Joe, you're only a few weeks from coming up here to Cleveland. Yeah. I'm opening day is April seventh. Oh, I can't wait. And I remember just one year ago. Opening day fell on the same night that I believe the Cavs lost to the Nets. No, the Hawks. Oh, he is the it Hawks. Ended the Cavs season. Yeah. Uh, in that play-in tournament. We Ubered from Saucy like two minutes before the Cavs game let out. It was the best move we've ever made. Yes, it was. But you know what? It's growth. Here's what I like about the Cavs. It's growth. You were a play, play-in tournament team last year and you didn't get out of the play in tournament. And I know you made a big move. You got rid of Lowry marketing. You got rid of Colin Sexton. Uh, shout out to Ojai, Ochai Abaji, by the way, rookie that the Cavaliers drafted. He was in the trade to bring Donovan Mitchell here. He's having, he's playing really good basketball lately, but of course you bring in Donovan Mitchell, but you also have grown as a team. And I agree with what Jared said before. They're not all in yet. Like this Cavs team isn't all in yet. They can yeah. still go more all in. And they're still going to be hosting a playoff series first year together. All of your core players are still wildly young and you're still hosting a playoff series. Like this Cavs team, this is a Cavs team that if they can hold it together, if JB Bickerstaff and Kobe Altman can hold the personalities that eventually develop in a locker room together and keep them all team focused and team oriented, because that's what drove the Cavs apart with Kyrie and LeBron and Trist, they all wanted to be stars. If they can keep them together and keep them focused, this is the Cavaliers that can be contending for titles for 10 years. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, you forget how young this team is sometimes just because they're so competitive right now. But you think about where we were last year, we we're just happy to be in the playoffs. And even in that conversation, because last year we were coming off of the uh, what was it like the sixteen and forty eight year or something like that, whatever that record was. Oh yeah, well twenty. I think they won twenty one games the year before, twenty one or twenty two, the year before. Me. Yeah, yeah. But it was but it regardless. Was like, it I was mean, like a regression. Yeah, yeah. It was just like we didn't expect to be there last year. There was great playoff experience for them to just even be in those playing rounds. Um, and now you're starting to see that team come together a little more. We took that next step this year. I think getting that playoffs hosting and playoff series, like that's the win for the season. I think anywhere we go from that is added bonus. And like, you're right, Mike, we're building that dynasty. We're trying to build that long-term team here in Cleveland. And you can't, you can't get hung up on what happens this year, but we'll see what they do. Listen, uh, it's exciting. It's awesome. Eight games left. Uh, I'm super excited to just follow the team the rest of the way uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, So listen, we're getting towards the end of the show. 
we still got our three cheers of the week to do. So let's get to that. But I'm going to start it, uh, Joe. I'm going to start it with an honorary cheer of the week. I'm, we haven't talked about him in a while. It's been a tough year. I don't think we've talked about him as much this year as we did last year. But I got to give a shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Oh. Listen, listen to the way. This I don't know goes. why I thought. Uh, who's that like crazy pastor dude? Uh, Kenneth Copeland? I'm not shouting out shout out Kenneth Copeland. I thought you were going to shout out Kenneth Copeland. Fuck. I was like, where are you going with this? Like, we haven't talked about him a whole lot. Yes, my bad. I blow you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Never talking mind, about that, that guy. That blows COVID-19. No, 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 no. Uh, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be All careful right. not to let the I dentures can't. fall out. I can't. I'm not. We're not talking about Kenneth Copeland. I, the OBR uh, crowd doesn't even know about this inside joke. Oh, they probably know. And if you don't know, now you know. Go look yeah. it up. Uh, let me tell you about the story of the Columbus Blue Jackets really quickly tonight. If you're not a hockey fan, just listen anyways, because this is a wild story. Columbus Blue Jackets not having a great year. No. A lot of hope and expectations. Tons of injuries. Completely derailed their season. They're coming up to the end of their season as well. Columbus Blue Jackets go to the Washington Capitals tonight, a team notoriously they are bad against. Actually, I went to the last game they played the Capitals, and I believe T.J. Oshie had a, 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 a hat trick in that game, and the Capitals just ran away with it. Here's how this game went. Uh, 14 minutes into the game, still in the first period, the Capitals had three goals, Ovechkin, Oshi, and Shiri, and they led 3-0. And it was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then Eric Robinson scored a goal with about three minutes to go in the first period, so it made it 3-1. Capitals still winning. Blue Jackets scored to start the second period, making it 3-2, but then here come the Capitals. It's 4-2. Roslovic scores, makes it 4-3. Capitals answer right back. It's 5-3. It's just one of those games where every time the Blue Jackets felt like they were getting back into it, Capitals would just answer, score, answer, score. Beginning of the third period, with less than, or with a little over 10 minutes to go in the third period, the Blue Jackets tied up. They score two goals. Boquist with his second goal of the game, and Bemstrom, they score. They make it 5-5. Five to five. With less than five minutes to go in the game, the Capitals score and make it 6-5. to five. Blue Jackets aren't winning this game. Blue Jackets aren't winning this game. Boone Jenner scores with 47 seconds left in the game. Makes it 6-6. Six to six. And then Is Jack Roslovic. What? Away game? In Washington. And then Jack Roslovic in overtime scores a goal. The Blue Jackets beat the Capitals seven to six in a game they were losing wow. three to one, or I'm sorry, three to nothing, uh, four to two, five to three. And they came back and came back and came back and came back and they win it seven to six. Sean says it ended up being a football score. Yeah, kind of. If you've watched Browns games, <laughs> if you've watched Browns Bills in the snow before, yeah, it kind of ended up Browns being a football Raiders. score. Yeah, Browns Raiders for sure. Uh, but they get an honorary shout-out. They get an honorary cheers for us tonight because as as tough as this season has been for the Blue Jackets, and they're friends of ours. The Blue Jackets are friends of ours. We have had amazing guests here from the Blue Jackets, and that is a, a first-class organization right here in Ohio. Uh, to show that level of heart in a game, awesome. Awesome. So shout-out to the Blue Jackets. All right.
Let's get into our last two cheers of the week. Joe, what do you got? Who's your cheer of the week this week? Mine, mine was to Randy Rosarena for his oh, that's right. story becoming a Mexican citizen. I think that's like the coolest thing. Cheers to him. Like it, it's clear that that country means so much to him. He brought his entire family over. They all live there today. And that's where he goes in the off season. Um, I think that is like what, Oh, I guess the other shout out is our shout out. I should say is the Cuban. Was it the backup catcher or maybe it's their starting catcher defected uh, during the world baseball classic. So, good oh yeah. Him. Yeah. I would, I would cheers that. Screw Cuba. Get out of there. Screw Cuba. Yeah. All right. Fair. Just, uh, you know, Cuba, asshole of the week. Shout out to that catcher. Cheers to him. Yeah. Let the All boys right, play. Get out of the country. Let the boys play. So I've got I've got a cheers that I'm kind of excited about. <laughs> Cap casualty during like a WWE heel turn. He didn't yeah, go to the I airport have... the next day. I mean, that that was they <laughs> they got bounced from the tournament. He didn't show for the flight. <laughs> That's the way to do it right there. Yeah. Just, that dude's somewhere in Iowa right now, just sipping a Miller light and just yeah. loving life. Like, let's plant some corn and just enjoy life. It's incredible. That's where that dude is. He got he rented a car last night and he was gone. He's gone. See ya. He's out of play. He is as far north. That dude rent, he bought a winter coat and he's in North Dakota. Nobody will ever find him. Nope. There. Uh I am gonna have I have a very weird cheers tonight. I'm gonna cheer somebody who has been a multi-time asshole of the week. Oh. And we've only got a couple people that are multi-time asshole of the weeks, assholes of the week. And I'm certainly not cheering Russell Wilson. <laughs> cheers. I'm cheering. I'm cheering Kyrie Irving, Cap Casualty. Uh, and we encourage you, we're going to wrap this show up in about one minute. So we encourage you to go watch this too. Otani on for the save. Mike Trout is going to be coming up to bat. Go watch it when we're done. I'm cheering Kyrie Irving. Because if, if, if anybody's trying desperately to steal the asshole crown from Kyrie Irving in the NBA. It's basically the entire Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. From John Morant acting a fool off the court. From, uh, what's the guy's name? Bain, who's like shoving uh, cameramen down on the sideline. I don't know what it is about this Grizzlies team. We all came into the season one. Who? Uh, well, no, uh, we're getting there. We're getting oh. there. Okay. We're getting there. Uh, we all wanted to kind of, like, the, the Grizzlies were a team. I was like, a Western Conference team. I would root for the Grizzlies. They, they seem to be a likable team. And in one season, they went from a team that you thought you could like to just, I just want them to lose. Yeah. They just All of them are acting a fool. All of them. And then Kyrie Irving did what he did last night. And I'm cheersing him for it. The Dallas Mavericks played the Memphis Grizzlies last night. And after the game, the asshole of assholes on the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, goes up to Kyrie, wants to do a jersey swap. Kyrie Irving tosses his jersey to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks goes to hand his jersey to Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie just walks away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's go want that shit like no you keep that yeah you can have mine i don't care i got 700 more of them but i'm not what do i want a dylan brooks jersey for what's that worth you think i'm gonna hang that in my basement next to Man. the things that i got no 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 i'm not taking a dylan brooks jersey i love go ahead i was gonna say i love being on the other side of like like i feel like 
the Cavs Warriors rivalry is like I'm kind of past. I'm over that. I like I like Clay Thompson. I I love what he said about Dylan Brooks of just like like in ten years, like everyone's gonna remember us in our dynasty. Nobody's gonna remember Dylan Brooks. That's right. Love I just, that. Love that. I Kyrie tried to play it off after the game in the press conference, saying he didn't know, he wasn't sure, blah blah blah, and that's fair. But like I, you'd looked, have to, you'd have to do that. Yeah, he looked right at Dylan Brooks, and Dylan was trying to hand him his jersey, and he just turned his head and walked away. Yeah, shout out to Kyrie Irving. Come you get a cheer of the week. Yeah. All right, listen, that's gonna do it's it. I, I got the game on right now. Shohei Otani warming up. Mike Trout getting ready to lead off for the U.S. Japan leads the U.S. in the World Baseball Classic, three to two. We're in the ninth inning. Wow. So let's go. Let's go watch it. Let's do our thank yous. First of all, huge thank you to Jared Mueller. Go follow Jared Mueller. Follow Dogs by Nature. Uh, Dogs by Nature on uh, SB Nation. Uh, Jared Mueller's awesome. Huge shout out to him for filling in for Chad uh, tonight when Chad couldn't be with us. We had a great time talking football with him. Uh, next shout out goes out to the OBR. We love being hosted by the OBR. We love being a part of the OBR uh, streaming network and a part of the family. If you are not tuned into the OBR, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube, to the Twitch. Make sure you are um, uh, subscribed to the website. All the best writing, all the best Browns coverage happens on the OBR. You don't want to miss everything they've got going on. Uh, so make sure you get tuned into the OBR. And our biggest thank you, as always, you guys that joined us in the comments, we love you for, for taking the time to join us on a Tuesday night, have a couple beers with us, talk a little bit of sports with us. We love having you on every Tuesday night. If you didn't join us live, thank you for listening later or watching us on demand. We appreciate all the support, and we love the fact that we've got this little family with the Garage Beers podcast. We love you guys. That's going to do it for us, episode number 157. Next week, episode 158, special guest, I'll announce it now, uh, Andy Baskin. A uh, longtime Cleveland sports guy, a uh, host of a, a, the, the afternoon show on 92.3 The Fan. We're going to do a Guardians season preview episode next week with Andy Baskin. Chad will be back. It'll be a good time. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but until then, this has been episode 157. We will see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.